Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Let's not let that creep into the show. Then we would be in trouble. I'm, I'm quoting from Reggie Perrin. Okay. One, two. Does Reggie Perrin say one, two? Did. He said, one, two, no, actually it wasn't, it was CJ. One, two, three, four, make them wait outside the door. Five, six, seven, eight, always pays to make them wait. Nine, ten, come. Hey, I made up a limerick this week. Now, what was it? There was a young sprinter from Belarus who found that her country was little use. The Olympic Committee said that was a pity and sent her to Poland for better news. <laughs> Very clever. One. So have we started yet? I never know with you. Very nice limerick. I uh, started what? I've been recording today. <laughs> Hello, Aidan. Are we doing a running start? I don't well, know. I mean, am, am I allowed to swear? Am I allowed to say anything secret? Is this going we're out? Back. Look, shush, be quiet. We're back. I always have to belt you up at the beginning of our shows. We're back for another fun-filled hour or so, everyone. It's whatever works. Yay! What more could you want for a weekend's listening? It's Friday the 6th of August. August? It's the, uh, it's soon be Christmas, you know, won't it? Oh, don't, don't, oh, don't, don't no, please. I tell you what, though, at least last week it was hotter than a house in hell. Do you remember? We were sitting here in our undies. <laughs> so yes. at least we've got a slightly more pleasant recording conditions. But you threatened me with storms yesterday, Ted. Did they not appear? Well, it's very windy outside, but it's, no, the, the thunder and lightning that they said was going to hit North Wales and issued about 12 flood warnings for doesn't seem to have arrived at all. Okay. But they do tend to go over the top, don't they? Because so no um, of Michael, because of Michael Fish, you might remember. Yes, yes. <laughs> if anyone hears any slightly clicky background noise from me, well, we'll mention that later, and I apologise for it in advance. Is that what about the bongo drums? Oh, the bongo drum. Yes, that was another one, dear listener. Just about um, two minutes before we started this recording, my microphone stand decided to collapse. The fact that I was fiddling with it, we'll just let that go. And I've, I've done a very Keith Robinson-esque repair. I've put a pair of bongos um, sideways on, holding the microphone stand up. So I can accompany our podcast with live bongo music today, if required. Well done. Um, <laughs> puts my drum roll for PSC into the shade. Now, oh, absolutely. We're, going to, we're going to have a summer break, aren't we, Aidan? Next well, we, show we is. in yes, two yes. weeks' time. We're gonna instead of instead of recording the next show in two weeks' time, we're gonna record it in three weeks' time, which is means we get a week off. No, not a week off. Um, uh, ten days off. Uh, no, somewhere between a fortnight. Oh, you've and dug a yourself into a hole now, haven't you, Mister Sam? <laughs> and you're gonna be going on your holidays, aren't you? Well, you know, I hope so. I mean, I've got a holiday that we've bounced three times now. I mean, I could become a professional travel agent the number of times I've had to cancel and rebook stuff, as I'm sure half the world has had to do. Uh, and the latest attempt is I'm hoping to spend nine days in Germany from the 18th. Um, Covid willing. Very good. OK, then. Well, I hope that all works out for you. And if it doesn't for any reason, then we'll reschedule and sort it all out another way. But anyway, the plan at the moment is two, three week break coming up and not two week break. Suck it up. Whatever works, dot works is where you'll find links to all the stuff we are going to talk about in the show today and in your podcatcher, of course. 
um, what else? MeWe Group. The MeWe Group is where we all hang out and we encourage you to do the same as well. If you want to join us in there, just head for the show notes and click on the link and we'll let you in because I know that you're such nice people that you won't do anything naughty. TedSalmon.com <laughs> is where you'll find me. AidenBell.com is where you'll find Aiden. And also, all those links are all over TedSalmon.com. So you can always find anything you need to at TedSalmon.com. Let's get to the MeWe group and what feedback we have, shall we? We've had some feedback. I've had some feedback because I was whinging. I mean, Ian Barton kindly says that we were talking about uh, valves on the last show. Well, we weren't talking about valves. Aiden was whinging because he couldn't pump up his bicycle tyres properly. Oh, yeah. Ian Barton uh, talks about valve types and very kindly has clarified for us that there are really only two valve types, Prester and Schrader. Prester is common on racing bikes. In order to inflate, you have to turn the small thingy on top, that's a technical term, of course, anti-clockwise to loosen it. You can then push your pump into the valve. Oh, matron. Don't forget to turn the thingy <laughs> clockwise when you are finished. The reason some valves are pressed is that they hold higher pressure, 100 to 210 PSI. Better than, than they do this better than the Schrader valves do. Most bike pumps come with an adapter that lets you pump both types of tyre. Schrader valves are also the most common on cars, and your bike pump should be able to pump a car tyre. However, since car tyres are much larger than, than bike tyres, you're better off using a compressor. Well, with all respect, Ian, I mean, it hadn't even occurred to me to try and pump up a car tyre with a bicycle pump. But thank you very much for the clarity. I really did have trouble. Um, I think I'm finally sorted now because I basically cheated and bought a little uh, screw-on adapter that turns the funny old Presta into a more regular um, Schrader type. And I was able to pump the tyres. And of course, Aiden being Aiden, I haven't gotten the bike since. But thank you very much, Ian, for the clarification. <laughs> When I was a when I was a teenager, I can remember having my first bike that used the um, air pump at the garage, and I was absolutely delighted because I didn't have to pump up my tires anymore. I just oh, went in the remember. garage, yes. and at the and at the yes. time, at the time, they um, you didn't have to put any coins in it. The the air was just free, so I would just go down there, and I was delighted because that was the end of pumping to me. <laughs> yes, I remember that moment in life too. Yes. You just tap the number in that you want and stand back and it and it just does the job for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. The only danger is that you'll blow the, the bike tyre <laughs> apart because it's, it's far yes, too much. Yes, yes. Anyway, there you go. Right, cupboards locked. Cupboard locks is next. And Keith uh -huh. Bartlett. Now, you have to have watched the video to appreciate what this is all about. So hopefully you have. Um, this is Baby Safety Magnetic Cupboard Locks. 20 pack of childproof cupboard lock catches and locks. No screws or drilling, says the blurb. Easy install in seconds. So Keith says, I bought these to keep the 16-month-old grandson out of various cupboards. It is the principle and ease of fitting that I liked. Um, also, you can switch them off if you're not needed. They cost about a pound a door. And the, we'll link to the video, which is... Um, a, uh, a showing how they work and it's a really good video um, and it's not that long but the what what you basically do is you put these things in to the cupboard and the default position with no magnet attached on the outside is that they're locked so the the catch goes up and catches on the bit on the on the inside of the door um, but when you 
um, put the magnet on the outside of the door, it unfastens that, oh. and so you're you, you you walk along with your your you take your handle out of your pocket or whatever, or from Fiendish. a from a, a and 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 it opens up, and that was really really good. I, I I think that the video explains it really really well, and um, it's a good find, Keith. Yeah yeah, absolutely. That's a really really good solution, which I'd never thought of, and I don't know that I've ever seen anyone do before. So yeah, Ducon fiendish i mean i don't have children myself but if i did i now know that i could put them in the cupboard and they wouldn't be able to get out <laughs> or elderly um confused people perhaps <laughs> oh dear thank you very much indeed keith ian up uh, no, ian aiden 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 bell i think i've heard of him brings now this is this is the kind of item that would have been a review but to be honest I i'm no good at reviewing things let me just explain that i bought it and i'll, I'll let the good people in me we tell me things i didn't know about it i bought myself a McAllister corded electric pole hedge trimmer as one does um, as we all know, I've got my pond and my garden that I'm getting, becoming interested in outside. And um, because I've got a whacking great hedge that leans out across over the pond, I kind of thought I'm going to need a hedge trimmer. And it was a sort of I want one of those desire. Oh, wouldn't a hedge trimmer be nice? And eventually, uh, you know, as the summer did what it does and everything started growing and my meadow was getting tall as well, I thought, you know what, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and actually get one of these things. So I did my research. And I went to a real shop. That was exciting too. Having poo-pooed Amazon, I did have a good look. I decided to buy one from Screwfix. And I bought this thing. It's the, I suppose, the USP of this particular hedge trimmer. And it's a classic hedge trimmer. You know, it's, it's electric. You plug it in. It, it, and the, it has blades which move back and forth against each other uh, and cut hedges. And this one, the USP of this one, is that it's got a extension pole. So you can actually pull it quite... I mean, again, if I was a decent reviewer, I'd be able to tell you exactly the length that it goes to. But I'd say it goes to... It's pushing two metres, I should think, by the time you've fully extended it. Which means you can reach high places and far out places and places across the pond that you couldn't reach otherwise. And it works really well. I've got no experience of hedge trimming. I've never hedge trimmed before. I've never touched one of these devices I was surprised how quiet it is. I mean, of course, it makes a noise, but it's not like a dirty, great, whacking, disturb all the neighbours kind of, oh, someone's cutting their hedges noise. It's quite a decently quiet noise. Um, yeah, electric, uh, and it works very, very efficiently. I can't really say much more than that I, with some trepidation, turned this thing on, put some safety goggles on, held it out at the, at the hedge and started moving it up and down, and blow me, it, it, it cut the hedge which is what it's meant to do. That's the wow. more authentic use. And then uh, a few days later, I decided that um, I'd been advised that I should cut my meadow grass down. Uh, and so I thought, well, why don't I use the hedge trimmer for that? And indeed, it worked. <laughs> and it worked. It worked again. Got, uh, got down on your hands and knees. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, meadow grass was, was, uh, was about a metre tall by then. So I oh, just okay. sort of swung this thing around like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> and and cut the meadow. So again, I don't know what I'm doing. I may be doing it wrong. There may be ways of using it more efficiently. But in my uh, amateur experience, I found it fun, easy and very efficient. Uh, and I would recommend it. £69 I paid for it. Uh, you've just typed into our recording notes that it appears we've gone up to 87 these days. Oh, no, that's no, no, no. That, ah, that's on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Ah, you see. What, I, what, what I was saying was that there there is life outside Amazon because you bought it from Screwfix and it's cheaper. Absolutely. There you go. You see, um, I bought. Yes, I bought it from Screwfix uh, for sixty nine ninety nine, so seventy quid. Uh, you know, these are. This is one of those items you can buy a cheap and cheerful Chinese Ning 
one pole one for 20 quid that's going to break and electrocute you, or you can spend 300 pounds for the creme de la creme gardener's version. So I kind of went for the lower price end at 70 quid. It's it's not cheap, but it's not silly expensive, and it's it's good, it's sturdy, it's sound. It, I think it'll last the the course of time, and I'm very happy with it. Happy hedge trimming to me. Very good. And you no need to pay some little man to come in and do it for you. <laughs> yes, that's right. It tends to be what happens up here. The um, hedge trimming used to be something that we did ourselves, but yes. actually it's it's quite hard work. So my dad took the unilateral decision to get a a, a professional to come in, like you know when it needs yes, doing yes. once 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 in a while, and pay him you know fifteen quid an hour or something. As so. Julian Clary would say, you have a man in. Talking of cheap um, rubbish things from China. <laughs> No, there's a link. <laughs> no, we mustn't. Ro- I've been very unlucky with AliExpress. Robert McCrowan once, is the... Once, once. <laughs> and I'll never go there again because once bitten, twice shy is my motto. Anyway, Robert McCrowan is the biggest AliExpress fan, as we know. And he says, you've got to love AliExpress. I ordered a part that was just pound eighty-eight, including shipping. According to the tracking, it got sent to the Ukraine rather than the UK. <laughs> AliExpress reissued a refund straight away, um, but it was the email from the shop that made me smile, he says. Apparently, I am a very kind person to have trusted us with your order and we have let you down. We hope that you can find it within yourself to forgive us. Isn't oh. uh, that nice? Take note, Amazon, Robert says. So thank you, Robertson, Robert. Uh, the AliExpress, yes, I completely agree with you. Um, and I should give them another try. But what I think one of the things that I was annoyed about with this um, air fan thingy that I ordered yes. was that it was just junk. It was, it was so badly, apart from the fact that it was broken. And to be fair, they did, um, in the end, after about 10 days, they did refund the money to me. Um, but it was just cheap junk. It was rubbish. It was. But haven't exactly we all the... had that experience with eBay and indeed with Amazon in the past? Yeah, you, yeah. you takes your chance, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's lots of good stuff on AliExpress, including Xiaomi stuff, which um, uh, we've we've had and we we swear by. So yes, yeah, don't give up on it. Right. <laughs> well, the other thing I didn't give up on was um, you remember I was telling you about um, my phone call with Chris Kelly. Oh yes, indeed. I want to be and a mod. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I want to be a mod, and I I have ended up being a mod. So the end of this story is that the the um, extenders for my moped um, mirror, wing mirrors arrived. <coughs> Excuse me, um, and the mirrors themselves arrived, and it's all um, uh, got got together. It came with a pack of screws, which were standard fitting, and it all mm-hmm. fitted in nicely. I had to find an alum key, but apart from that, it will work very well. And now, yes, it, it does look a little bit like a mods um, scooter, but the, the the net result of it is that it works brilliantly well um, because I, I realised um, how little I could see past me. When I, when I put these extenders on, I realised that I can actually see behind me through these mirrors, whereas before, every time I looked, I had to pull my arm in to actually see past myself. Right, yes, so yes. So it worked really, really well. And um, for the for under twenty quid, I got a new set of mirrors and um, and a set of these adjustable extender thingies. So thank you, Chris, again. It's worked out fine and it does the job. Cheers. Excellent. I wish you happy cycling. 
Indeed, no, not cycling. Mopeding. Well, I was trying to work out what is the verb. I was, I did hesitate to say. I mean, you, you, biking on a bike, cycling on a motorcycle. Mopeding is that the verb? To moped. Mm, I'm, I'm going to call it mopeding. Well, you're you're normally moping around, <laughs> Ted. So I think that will work very well. <laughs> now it's back to pumps. Brian Hall brings us the football pump for fridge freezer. <laughs> Brian what? says, but well, Brian says you were talking about bicycle pumps in your last podcast. Again, Aiden was whinging about them, which reminded me about the cheap football pump I bought recently, even though I don't have a football. The fridge of our built in fridge freezer started accumulating water at the bottom. This is a fairly common problem when the drain yeah. pipe at the back gets blocked. Yeah. The normal yeah. fix is something like waggling a drinking straw down the pipe and it clears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, says Brian, this wasn't giving. So I then tried a plastic cable tie. Nope. Stainless steel cable tie duct strap. Nope. I could feel the evaporation tray at the bottom of the pipe and still the water didn't drain away. So, says Brian, I bought from Amazon a four pound football pump with an extension hose, a metal football adapter and two sizes of rubber cone adapters. Gave a few pumps and it was all clear. Hurrah. I'm going to tell my mum that because she struggles all the time with that. She looks in there and she says, it's not clearing, it's not clearing. What else can I push it down in the hole? So that that seems like a really good solution. Now, he didn't it? actually give us the Heath Robinson-esque part. Presumably, he just blew the water out. Is that is that the idea of what he's saying, that he pumped? Or sucked it out. Oh, sucked it out as a pump. So he would fill the football pump with water by pulling rather than pressing, I'm guessing. Oh, I don't know. Actually, no, you're right. That's not that's not very clear, is it? We need the Heath Robinson-esque part, please, Brian. How exactly did you <laughs> use the football pump extension hose, metal football adapter and two sizes of rubber cone adapters to remove the water? Suck or blow? <laughs> it's a new section for the show. Have I got to write a jingle? Suck or blow? <laughs> Quick, move on at once. Thank you, Brian. Good stuff. Um, now, the um, if you let us know, I'll tell my mum about that. Um, the curtains. I bought some curtains, and I'll link in the show notes these curtains because they're superb. I wanted some blackout curtains for the bedroom because the existing ones are too light um, in the summer. Uh, mind you, it's probably the wrong time of year to do it now. I should have done it at the beginning of the summer. Anyway, <laughs> um, these blackout curtains, are they really do a good job. They are um, 42 quid. Well, actually, they're, they're different prices for different sizes. But at the moment, they appear to be doing 50% off vouchers. So the £42 ones are 21 quid. Ooh. And the £32 ones are 16, that sort of thing. Um so I actually ended up getting two sets of these for two different um, sets of uses for, for curtains. And they Very work nice. really, really well. They're ever so cheap. They're ever so black. They, they, they are lined with this thermal stuff. So they, they stop the heat coming through. Oh, um, excellent. And and they they work really really well. They they they've got big holes at the top. You know these ones with big holes. And when I say they're lined, um, I'll just make that clear. They're not lined as in you will see a lining inside it like you do with some curtains. The 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 lining is part of the, yeah. the kind of the faux silk material manufactured uh, it, it, onto it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's very velvety to the touch, but it's it works out really really well. Um, so. 
Um, yeah, they've got holes at the top of them. These ones, they've got a design of swirly circles on them, but th there are lots of d different designs. Um, so you need to have a pole um, at the top. These are not curtain hook ones. They're, they're pole ones. Um, so you just put it through the, the pole at the top. And they work really, really well. And I was just very impressed that there seems to be this constant 50% off on at least some of them. Um, and they're made by this company called Umi. Um, um, via Ooh, Amazon. Me? <laughs> um, ooh, me? Yeah. Um, and they're really, really good. Um, my mum, bless her, she um, got her needle and thread out because they were a little bit too long and um, we, we cut the bottom off Oh, of them fabulous. She she turned them over and by hand, mind you, because she had got a sewing machine, she sewed all the, the hem all the way up. Oh, all that's the way brilliant. Along. That's what we have mothers yeah. for. That's marvellous. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you to her. That was really well done. So there you go. Curtains and um, blackout curtains at that for really good prices. I am a big fan of blackout curtains and blinds. As a person who cannot sleep unless he's in a lead-sealed tomb without the slightest pinprick of light coming in, um, I've got a blackout blind in my bedroom, which I love. So I'm totally with you there, Ted. There's a, there's a great joy, isn't there, in sort of defeating the elements and having a complete darkness when you need it. Absolutely. That is wonderful. And, and I have now found it. I've, I woke up this morning, actually, um, later than I normally would, because I was just sleeping better. Yes, because the light doesn't come in. Yes. Blackout is the way to go. Yes, indeed. It is absolutely. Oh, time for a jingle. Hurrah. Ted's Top Tips. Ted's Top Tips. Ted's Top Tips. What are Ted's Top Tips today, Ted? I My simple top tips is, top top tip, is to buy some Crocs. <laughs> we, keep going, we, we, keep, we keep going on about Crocs on this show, but they really are... Um, excellent shoes. And I noticed an article in the BBC this week which said that the production of Crocs has absolutely skyrocketed. They've like, year on year, their profitability has grown hugely, like 65% um, up on the same period last year or something like that. Wow. And I did wonder um, why that was. And I, I floated that with COVID. someone here. And they... <laughs> Well, they reckon that people, are, because they're staying in the house more because of COVID, they, yes. they're more likely to want to wear things on their feet that they can just kick around in. Yes. Which is uh, fair enough, I suppose. But that, I'm not sure that, that reflects such a huge, massive jump as that. But yeah, there you go. We are the Crocs show and we support them <laughs> and they're fabulous. I mean, I should imagine tracksuit bottoms probably soared as well. Yeah, yeah, lockdown yeah. And T-shirts, you know. But well, yeah, do you know, I've never worn Crocs. I'm going to have mm. to go to a shop. I mean, I don't think I really want to own a pair. I don't, I'd never wear them. I couldn't justify buying them. But I'd love to go into a shoe shop and pretend I want a pair and just try them on. You, do, you need to have wide feet to make the most of them you don't have to have but i know someone that's got very narrow feet yeah and he swims around in them i've got really fat wide feet and they they're, they're perfect for my feet but so for, um, for, yeah for a novice like me what is are they sort of glorified flip-flops are they uh, several generations forward from the flip-flop what is the usp of a pair of crocs well, they started off in Scandinavia, apparently, and they were giving them to people working in hospitals because they were, um, when you go into theatre, you can kick them off. And they, they have got a strap around the back. They're like clogs, effectively. They, they started off life... But they're basically a, made of plastic, is that right? 
Well, plasticky, rubbery stuff. Okay, I'm not yeah. sure exactly what it is. Poly something, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and um, yeah, so, so when when people went into theatre, they, they could just um, kick them off and they could be cleaned. And then when you... The, basically, multi-use. You can, yes, yes. you know, you, you just go in there and they can get... The, the, the staff can clean them. The next time you go in there, you can just put them on. Like putting any other theatre equipment on your body that you might need to. Um so that's, I believe, how it started. And then they started to um, sell them out to um, other people. And they ended up being beachwear. Um, and they ended up being, um, you know, multiple use for people um, going swimming. Yeah, yeah, I think I think probably the holiday market picked up on it next. Um, and then people like me who gets, I, I've got, as you know, I've got gout. And since I've had gout, these have been the most wonderful things to have on your feet. They're so nice. If you've got a twinge or having an attack or something, um, they're just so big. And my feet are big anyway, which, as I say, helps a great deal with Crocs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the, but they're just so comfy. And if I'm um, doing anything like um, that might be a bit dangerous, like, for example, riding my moped, I do put the strap around the back um, so that they're, they're, they're secure on my feet. But the rest of the time, I have the strap just around the front and I just they, I just treat them like like um, clogs. And they're great. Like, wow. you know, plasticky, rubbery clogs. They're, they're just so easy to just throw around. You can also put them in the washing machine. You can even put them in a dishwasher if you put it on the uh, a, a low... Um, um, uh, temperature. Setting. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wow. And um, and and they're, they're just super feet. I can imagine you getting you getting a job on a building site and and trying to find a pair of steel-toed Crocs because you can't <laughs> bear to wear anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the kind of situation where they wouldn't be any good, of course. But for for most of us, for most of the time. Anyway, yeah, so a massive jump in sales, and I'm very pleased because that will bring the unit cost down. And, um, yeah, yeah, Crocs. Crocs, I've got a question. I wonder who bought it. I wonder who bought it. Now, this is the area where we have a look at what people have bought using the um, Amazon affiliate link of mine. And we pick one out which looks half interesting. And today it's a bag, a hold-all. Somebody's bought a large expandable canvas duffel bag. And it looks great. It's got two sizes. You can open up side zippers to extend it if you want to. Um, it's good apparently for a 15-inch laptop. But it also looks like it could be done used for absolutely anything. I like hold-alls. Um, it's made of this premium microfiber material. Um and this was a funny bit I noticed. It says it's got a anti-dirty bottom. <laughs> <laughs> anti-dirty bottom. The bottom the bottom is equipped with four plastic cushions which make it well resistance to dirty. <laughs> resistance to dirty. I love it. So that it. was quite funny. Anyway, detachable shoulder strap in the usual way, 36 quid. And that looks really nice. And um, if I, I wish I had a need for one of these because I have got one similar and I have bought one onto the show before, but I never go anywhere. So it's a bit of a waste of money. But that looks absolutely lovely. I love the look of the material. I love the green colour of that one particularly. Um, although there is a, a, a black one as well. Oh, and it's and extendable it's just, it's too. It's got zips on either side so you can extend extend it to make I it I said larger. that already. Did Try you? and keep up at the back. Sorry. Do you know what was distracting me? Yeah. Was the fact that I looked at this uh, a couple of days ago and fell in love with the blue colour. And now I'm looking at it today. It appears to be selling extremely well because all they've got available now is grey and army green. 
Whereas when I looked at it a couple oh, of days right. ago, they had two or three colours and the blue colour was absolutely uh. scrummy. This does look like a very um, distinguished, professional, sexy looking bag. And li yeah, as, yeah, like you, Ted, I wish I had the use case. Even when yeah, I do, yeah. I am lucky enough to travel from time to time, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get on with a bag like this. I'm, I'm too much sort of a suitcase orientated man, but very nice. Oh, it's gone up. 38 quid now. Oh, in fact, the, the black one or the grey one is, 30, is 40 quid. They, they, they just please themselves, don't they? They please yourselves. Yes, they do. <laughs> anyway, I, it's, it's still very, very nice. And whoever bought it, I'm sure you've got yourself a fabulous bag there. Yeah, and I've got a couple of quid out of it um, as well. So thank you very much. If you want to buy stuff from Amazon, please use my affiliate link, which is tinyurl.com forward slash um, Amazon Ted UK. Thank you so much, ongoingly, everyone, for helping. Let's have some cheap chips. They're not chips, but they are food, <laughs> and these are M and M's. I was recording Tech Addicts last week with um, with Gareth, and I was I couldn't leave these M and M's alone. They're they're chocolate um, um, M and M's, so they're not they're not the peanut ones. They're right. chocolate ones, but they're salted caramel flavour as well. And oh, they'll be moreish, yes. And I and they are really really addictive, and 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 someone even complained that they could hear me chomping them on the show, and <laughs> and, and then that that started Gareth because he grabbed some confectionery as well, and we were we were away, couldn't leave it alone. Um, anyway, the point about this was cheapest chips on Amazon, two quid for this big size bag that you can't get in supermarkets. I've looked and you can't get it. It's two hundred and something grams or something, and. Um, proportionately for some reason amazon are flogging these out at two quid a bag and i think that's a really good value um but yeah beware because they're absolutely addictive and really really nice flavor and i just can't i can't buy any more because i just i just eat them i eat them in one <laughs> sitting they, 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 they sit in front of me I'm, I'm if i'm sat by the computer and i, I just can't leave them alone so, i have that go. with, with uh, moreish <clears> things like there's a bit a crisp that, that i like very much and I'm torn between buying a big bag because it's cheaper and sensible and you have a larger amount or a little bag because I know that if I open the big bag, I'm going to scoff the whole lot. Yeah, <laughs> and at least yeah. if I buy a little bag, I'm going to have to stop when it's empty. Exactly. Very, very tricky indeed. I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one of those. I want an igloo. But... Uh, not a snow igloo. This is rather, this is a garden igloo. Um, I stumbled on this playing around on the web, as one does. Um, it's basically a geodome, which people probably know, because I think geodomes are not a new phenomenon. They've been around for a while. It's that sort of half circle, a bit like a half a, half a Christmas snowball. Indeed, at Christmas time, people actually decorate them to look like snowballs. So it's a sort of futuresque, biodome, um, Eden-esque type of um, half a circle uh, that you can usually buy in a tent-like form, so you can put it up and take it down at your whim. I've found one that is appears to be much more solid. It seems to be made of a sort of solid perspex with metal holding and it looks very sexy. Unfortunately, it's £999, so I shan't Oops. be considering one anytime soon, but it does look lovely. It just looks like something you could put in your garden. You could put some cha comfy chairs in or in the photograph on the website here, they've put a they've got a table and a bottle of wine and two sofa chairs and you can just chill out in your garden. And if the heavens open and the rain pours down, it doesn't matter. You're going to stay completely dry. 
dry in there. It just seems like a rather fun thing to have, a sort of bubbly, greenhousey thing to put in the garden. Um, slightly futuristic, slightly silent running-ish, and I rather like it. I'd like a garden igloo, please, for a thousand pounds, if I may. Yeah, can you imagine how hot it would be in the summer? I guess that's probably the point. People want it to be hot, but... In, I, I can't think of anything worse no. than trapped in No, I mean, there. there is a fairly large door you can have open, but I take that yeah, point. Yeah. You'd probably want to put it in a shady part of your garden. Or let's have one where you can also um, switch a switch and all of the panels turn into um, reflective ones. <laughs> yes, or like uh, like glasses, these glasses that change, uh, what are they called? Um, light, light, Polaroid. Light reactive yeah. glasses, yes. Or maybe Ted Salmon's mother could come round and measure up some blackout curtains. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very nice. Anyway. A thousand quid, though. It's wow. a thousand quid. I'll never own one, but it's rather nice. It would be a bit of fun, wouldn't yeah. it? It would be a bit of fun, and it hasn't got a bottom, so you're just basically sitting on the grass. So oh, it hasn't got a, uh, an anti-dirty bottom like the bag has. Yeah. <laughs> um, presumably, you could put it... Um, mind you, there's another picture of it where someone, a woman sat in there where there is a, a, a kind of parquet, parquet floor thingy. Um, so I'm not quite sure well, how Well, I suppose works. because it's more of a permanent thing, you could once you've installed it, you could probably, you know, the world's your oyster, choose to put a parquet flooring yeah, down or yeah, carpet yeah, it or yeah, whatever yeah. you want. I mean, she's got, a, she's got the dog in there and plants and everything. She's got yeah, a little yeah. conservatory going on out there. Very nice. Yeah, I want one of those too. I just need somewhere to put it. <laughs> yes, you just need a garden to put it in. Right. <laughs> Now, um, I've got two electrical items. One is a power socket with a Bluetooth speaker, which is one something I want. So you've got a, a power socket on the wall with a three-pin socket in it to put your plugs in to use in the usual way. You've got two USB-A's to charge your phone or whatever. And to the other side of it, you've got a Bluetooth speaker. Now, the first thing that the first thing that first thing that came to mind was that. Um, as Bluetooth speakers get better and better, then obviously this will fall behind. But there might be a way of, of replacing the... Excuse me, I, <coughs> I can't talk properly today. Um, the, There might be a way are you, of... <coughs> are you scoffing M&Ms on the quiet there, Ted, without telling you're, us? <coughs> you'll have to take over. <coughs> Well, while you're, while you're having your coughing fit, I have to admit, I was reminded of Dame Edna Everidge, who would respond to this saying, what for, darling? <laughs> I just wonder, it's ever so nice, but why would you want a loudspeaker in an electric socket unless you wanted to listen to ELO, for instance? <laughs> electric light or... Never mind. Um... Very good. <laughs> Well, the, the 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 idea is that it's just there. It's you don't have to find it. You don't have to charge it. You right. don't have to. You know, you don't you don't have to keep it. There's no maintenance. You you press the button on the front of it, and immediately it will then pair yeah. up with whatever you previously paired it with. And it's just a speaker. It's like a speaker on a wall. It just works. And you you know we've all got Bluetooth speakers, and you have to make sure they're charged up properly or they're permanently plugged yes, in indeed. or blah yes, blah yeah. blah. You know, yeah. so anyway, I think it's a really nice idea and I want one. Oh, it's, and it's only 42 quid. It's a darn sight cheaper than the £999 I want for my garden igloo. So, I mean, at least you've got a cat in hell's yeah. chance of getting one of these one day. 
It depends on how good the speaker is, of course, because forty-two quid could be quite expensive if it's a rubbish speaker. Yes. Um, it's 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 the idea, though. It's the concept. Yeah, but it's you've also yeah, and you've got your two USB outs, which is also useful. It's available in three colours: grey, black, and white. Oh, is it? Yes, Ted. Oh, yes. Mm, you see, mm. very nice. I haven't clicked through to that. No, very, there you very go. Very nice see. indeed. Now the other electronic thing is a power tower, and this is a modular cubed power tower where you can buy by the looks of it as many um, cubes as you want <laughs> yes. and you just plug them into each other so you can have this tower going up to the top of your roof full obviously there is a safety um, issue involved in this and you you you'd have to be very careful about how many you plug together but yes. essentially um it's a, and also Ian Barton linked to one that he uses, which is a uh, another vertical tower. He's got an eight-way extension on his one. Which um, it, the the interesting bit about his one is that the they've thought about putting the. Um, the, the, the sockets diagonally, so you're less likely to get them oh, crashing yeah. into oh, each other. Oh, yeah, highly, which highly is really sensible. Good, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, yes. My, my power tower is not quite the same as that, um, but you can put as many of these, pretty much by the looks of it, um, together as you want. You plug one into the other, one into the other, one into the other, and each one then gives you potentially five more sockets, um, or the top one, sorry, yes. the middle ones, you'll get four. Yes. Um, and it's just a really nice little idea, and I can't remember how much it is, how much it is, it's um, 20, 27 99 I think. 29.97. With a 5% voucher off. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a really nice idea. And um, it's very... Yeah, unique. these are basically your, your standard mains three-way block or four-way block that you can buy in any supermarket. But these are much nicer and better crafted. And as you say, you can stack one on top of the other until you reach the ceiling. Yeah, you can nest them. So, yes, very nice, yeah. Ted. And also available in black and white. Very nice indeed. Right. There should have been a jingle there, but um, it's a uh, new section of the show. But I don't think it's worth writing a jingle because please, please let this be the one and only time we have to present. Where are my funnels? <laughs> <laughs> this... <laughs> you still haven't got them. Oh, my goodness me. I had an email from Amazon on the 28th of July. So what's that? A just about a week ago now. Please be advised that we have revi a revised delivery date for you for the items you ordered on May the 25th. Chef aid set of funnels, colours may vary. Estimated arrival date, August the 10th to August the 31st, 2021. <laughs> now, as you pointed out yourself in the MeWe group this week, Ted, the, um, what was the name of the boat? The MS Evergreen, famously stuck in the Suez Canal, finally docked this week on Tuesday. So perhaps they are indeed on board somewhere in one of those myriad containers and maybe they'll arrive so. <laughs> that'd be really funny wouldn't it it'd be really funny if they just suddenly turned up now and they were stuck on one of those containers yes, yes. i'm gonna yeah, have yeah, to yeah. um i'm gonna have to have a funnel party i'm gonna have to have a damn good use for these things <laughs> and really celebrate their eventual arrival <laughs> amazing but yeah, that um, apparently that uh, ship has docked in. I think it was um, Felixstowe, somewhere somewhere on the yes. east, anyway. Yes. And um, and presumably all those, including the seventeen um, uh, crates that crates. Um, what are they called? Containers. containers. The seventeen containers that IKEA are waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> all their customers waiting for their furniture for the last oh, three right. months. Oh right! Oh goodness! Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and loads of other stuff. It'll be interesting to see what 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 the feedback is on that. Anyway, yes, you can have your news section temporary as it is. <laughs> Thank you. Well, now here's another section not temporary at all. What are we still using? Still using. 
I said at the beginning of the show that you might hear a slight clicky sound during the show, and I've done my best to avoid it. Ted Salmon, I am never going to forgive you for show 104, March 2020. Fidget cubes! Hey. <laughs> you know, I was vacuuming my <laughs> studio the other day, and and I was I was scooting around underneath a table, and what should get stuck to the end of my pipe but a set of fidget cubes. And I thought, oh, I haven't seen those for a while. And guess what? <laughs> I've been fidgeting with the little buggers ever since. <laughs> they really are compulsive, um, especially for someone like me who has to have something to play. You know, I famously, if I'm ever in a pub, which is a very rare occurrence anyway, I'll pick up a mat and start ripping bits off it or I'll start fiddling with cutlery or moving stuff around the table. I have to be playing with something all the time. So this thing is, is just built for me and yeah I'm fidgeting with the fidget cubes again the only criticism I remember I had back then that I still have now is that they get sticky and icky because of course you know you have natural grease and dirt on your hands and the more you fiddle with this thing the grease comes off and uh, every so often I have to wash these things in hot soapy water which is a bit of a bind but um yeah fidget cubes they really do say they do what they say on the tin and I can't put these little buggers down so hopefully they'll find their way back behind the back of the table again in a while and I'll have another period of relax but um it's probably very good for the dexterity in my left hand though I'll say that and who are they made by ah uh, they are made by show me yeah I mean what Yay. you know I mean <laughs> there you go so I blame them I blame the phone company Xiaomi <laughs> <laughs> and Crocs there you go. The show sponsors. Siami and Crocs. That sounds like a really bad solicitors. Hello, Siami and Crocs. Can I help you? <laughs> right. My one that I'm still using was on Whatever Works 53 in February 18, and it's a glass riser stand. Sorry, Ted. Sorry, kit. I do apologise. Can I just interrupt and ask you, are you still fidget cubing or have yours all gone down behind the backs of tables as well? I sent them to you. <laughs> Now I hate you, you even said, more. You said you'd, you'd lost them or <laughs> broken them or something. No, you broke them, didn't you? I did, yeah. Oh, you sent me yours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh sorry. I, 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 I did fiddle around with them for a oh. while, but I'm not like you. I didn't really do that. Right, sorry for interrupting. Do carry on with your glass. No, 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 thing. sorry. So, yeah, the glass riser stands. Now, these, these are... Um, Shell, basically, they're, they're shelves that you put on wherever you want to put them. There's, there's, initially, they were designed to put your monitor on, your computer monitor on it, mm -hmm. and still have space underneath it to put your keyboard and your mouse and whatever, get it out of the way when you, while you're not using it. Um, I've actually then also used one to put some stuff in the kitchen. So I've got um, st used it as a storage thingy and another one to... Um, put my monitor on and they work really really well so you've got a, a foot each end and then in the middle you've got a piece of glass it doesn't have to be a piece of glass in this case it is a piece of glass mm -hmm. and you then rise up whatever you want to rise up on top of it and underneath you've got the space to use simple and effective they're much cheaper now than they were when i bought mine incidentally in february 18 they you can get two here at amazon for 26 quid Ooh. which is real good bargain um i think i paid that that kind of price for each one of them or even more to be honest um and and yeah they work really really well um storage space underneath something on top just let your imagination run wild as to what you could use them for um you might consider them if you're not using them for a a heavy thing expensive you could do it cheaper other ways but they're really really nice 
You rise me up. Th these are very, very executive looking, Ted. I like these. Good shout. Yeah, and I'm, apple. And also, I'm glad you haven't broken them. I mean, anything made of glass always has a possible shelf life. Oh, shelf life. Get it? Um, no, no. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. I'm here all week. Um, anyway, dear yeah, three. very nice. And I'm glad you're still using them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're um, my ones are like double the width of these. Oh, that's probably the difference in price because these ones are actually not as wide as mine. Mine are about three foot wide, whereas these look as though they're probably half of that. Um, so you get two for twenty-seven pound, in fact. Um, but yeah, really, really nice and worth having indeed. I missed a trick. I should have played the bongos when I didn't have a low a jingle for my um funnels. Never mind. I'll play a proper jingle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like some sort of Coca-Cola advert from the 80s or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's back. It's back. It's back. Better before is back. We've um, missed you. We've missed you. Well, I tell you what it was. This was I, I posted this a little while ago now on the group. Um, you know, stuck at home as we all have been and not working enough as many of us have, have not, unfortunately not been able to do. I wanted to jump online and see if I could find myself any uh, audio editing work or possibly also video editing work or even photograph editing work, but basically audio work that I'm, I, I'm you know, relatively good at and I know my staff and I might be able to get some freelance work at home. So I thought I'll see what's available online. And I was disappointed and then eventually frustrated to the point of being completely thwarted by the fact that in order to apply for jobs, you have to sign up to sites and signing up means they want your, you know, all your details, email address, all the usual things. You have to start an account, give them a password, tell them what you have for breakfast, what colour underpants you're wearing before you can even before you can apply for jobs or in many cases before you can even properly look through the listings of the jobs that may or may not be available. And then some of them want a CV. Well, I mean, I don't have a CV as an audio editor. I'm just casually looking to see if there's any possible work around. And I just found it a disappointment. And I thought it was nicer in the past when you could look in the local newspaper or indeed in the early days of the web, before things became the web became so prevalent, there were adverts on the web where you simply contact the person who's put the advert and say, this is me. Am I suitable for what you're looking for? And it seems you can't do that now. Everything is regimented and you have to, as I say, you have to sign up. And I don't want to be signing up to umpteen websites that chances are I shall never visit again and then receiving crap emails from them for the rest of my life. So in the end, I gave up. Um, the world is missing out on the possibility of my talents as an audio editor because the web is all clinging, all grasping. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. That there is this kind of, and and you, you're, you're frightened when the in the situations that they're just going to take your data and then bombard you later. One of the ways around this is to have a disposable email address, of course. Yes, um, yes. And, and in fact, a, a second SIM card, a number that you can give out to a, a very specific purpose. I've got um, a secondary email account, which I use, and it's just full of junk. And I go in there once a month or something and clear it out and um, delete everything. Mm -hmm. And if I ever want to do something like this, that's the one I give them. I also have a secondary SIM card, which has got no money on it. It's a pay-as-you-go. And it sits in a dumb phone, not even a smartphone. And if I ever want to do anything like this, I give them that number. Yes. They can phone me. I can't phone them, but they can phone me on it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, and you're quite you're quite right. In the old days, we would go down to the job centre, wouldn't we? Yes, hey. yes. I mean, you, you, what you've <laughs> outlined is a very sensible workaround solutions, but it's a shame that one has to come up with a workaround. Yes. It's a shame that one can't simply say, I, I'm capable of this. Uh, you know, oh, I, I see you're looking for a person who can do this. Can I make contact with you? Rather than having to go through a third party who, of course, want 20% of whatever you earn when you get the job as well. So, no, yeah, in yeah. the end, I'll just stay at home and watch TV. That's how it works, I guess. That, that's how I mean. I, I'm going through this with um, applying for universal credit, and um, that you know they want me to jump through loads of hoops to demonstrate that I'm looking for work and blah blah mm-hmm. blah, and and it's just really tedious. And you you do come across these agency who who want who want more data than they need to be able to do what they're supposed to be doing, and you think to yourself, why do you need that? Why why do you need to know that about me? You don't need to know. Yes. You don't need to have um, my driving license number. Why do you need my driving license number in order to yeah. do what you're supposed yeah. to be doing? I, I, I don't. Yeah. And, and it's all about it's all about selling data and people trying to make a living, I guess. And you remind me, I mean, it's a little bit of a tangent as, as, a, as a performer, as an actor in the old days. I remember being at the job centre, talking to somebody, trying to sign on, having worked that week, doing an advert for McCabitty's Biscuits. And why did you leave your last job? Well, it was a one day job. It was an advert. So why did you leave the biscuit factory? It wasn't a biscuit factory. It was an advert for biscuits. And I did the one day and then I left. Why? Were you fired? And it's... The... Yeah. Ah! yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's a simple one this week, sir. Tubes of toothpaste or cream or medicine or any kind of product that comes in the classic roll-up tube that put the use-by date at the end of the tube, which I can understand because it's a nice, easy place to stamp the date on. The problem is, as soon as you've used up a little bit of whatever the product is and started to roll up the tube... You've lost the use by date. So when you come back to it six weeks later and think, is this cream, medicine, whatever, still valid? The only way to find out is to unroll the ruddy thing and look at the use by date on the end. Couldn't they print it on the right. top of the tube and I'm, not the bottom? I'm off to look at my toothpaste now. <laughs> see, I, Ted, I, Ted's off to... A, a live experiment. Ted's doing a live experiment on air, looking at his toothpaste. Is, All you have to do is print it on the top of the tube, not the bottom of the tube. I mean, it's... it's, it's this is... This is Aquafresh. Yes. And you're, yes, you're quite right. I, I, I mean, I never look at the date on toothpaste. Well, but, toothpaste is um, fair enough. But if you've got some sort of medical cream, for instance, med- yeah, uh, yeah, th- yeah. that you need to know what the use by date might be. Sure. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I understand completely what you're saying. And you're quite right. It could easily be put on the lid. Like it is on so many other things like salad cream and whatever. Yes. It's, it, it's, it's on the lid, isn't it? Yes, yes. Well, there you go. I agree. I mean, there now you, that I think go. of it, there are there are a couple of slightly irritating ones. You might buy, for instance, I don't know, a huge pot of yogurt, and the d- use by date is printed on the uh, p- peel away plastic bit at the top. And if you're not careful, you'll oh, peel yeah. away and throw away the plastic bit at the top, and then the pot of yogurt will sit in your fridge for days and days and days, and you've got no idea. Oh, go on. That reminds me. That reminds me of another example of data not being available, which was that we were trying to look at the ingredients on these certain types of ice creams um, a few weeks ago when it was hot. 
and we'd thrown, well, mum had thrown the box away and put the ices in the freezer as ah, they were. Yeah. And ev- even even though they were individually wrapped with loads of space to put whatever printing on they wanted to, no, there was no information at all on the item. It was all on the box that had been thrown away. So once you decant things from a box, it seems, you lose all that information anyway. Yes. I remember my father used to say, if it starts to leave the fridge by itself, it's probably past its use by date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Right, now, I've got a, a whinge, which is about people who write the word online as two words. Online. Oops. Look, <clears throat> online is a word that was adopted with the... 30, 40 years ago with computers when we got online, not online. And, and actually, um, I know one of the, the offenders of this are you, and which is which is why it came up, I have to admit. But, but actually, I know probably half a dozen people, they send me emails and they do tend to be, not in your case, but they do tend to be older people that just don't get the word at all. Well, I'm, o- just, I'm old it, too, uh, Ted, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was because you wrote it in the right. in the show notes that I, it, it cropped up, and I did um, it, it reminded me. Well, because I am pedantic, uh, <laughs> of course I looked this up and discovered that actually uh, I don't know what's the word legally or uh, according to the law of language, both are acceptable. <laughs> you can; it's not considered absolutely incorrect to write it as two words, although it does... Uh, look it up, Ted. There are lots of sites. But they do fall down in your camp and say that nowadays the language favours one word over two. Blasted right. Let's move on. <laughs> we've had enough of that. Okay. Right, we're going to move on to Ian Barton Corner. Oh, right? hang on a minute, right. Ian Barton Corner. <laughs> and his um, his item for Room 101, firstly, his first one, is BBC saturation coverage of the limp pigs. <laughs> we had this with we had this before with the um, the football, didn't we? Yes. And uh, and and Wimbledon as well. But yes, whenever I turn the news on, there's at least ten minutes at the beginning of every broadcast detailing life changing events at the um, uh, like GB only winning a bronze medal in the synchronized lawn mowing event or whatever it is. <laughs> He says, uh, and, and I do agree with him. I, 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 I'm monitoring this, and, and every news um, time the news comes on, it is literally the first 10 yes. minutes is all about it. When's it finishing? It's been must have been going on for more it's than two finishing weeks. It's at the now. end of this week, I believe. I think it's two weeks. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I can't I, wait for it to go. I totally agree, but I also think there's no reason they shouldn't give the reports, but don't make it the first 10 minutes. Do the news in the normal way with the important headlines and then say, and now here is our 10 minutes of synchronised lawnmower. But there's there's flood coverage anyway. You don't need to spend 10 minutes of a half hour news No, 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 I disagree, Ted, because I'm really not interested in the Olympics and I don't watch the flood coverage, but I I will occasionally watch the 10 minutes on the news just to keep up and just to see whether any good-looking people have won medals or whatever it is. Two minutes will do me. He's, he finishes up by saying, at least it has stopped the obligatory 10 minutes of the COVID-19 experts of doom telling us we're all going to die. That, that's true, yes. 
Yeah, that, oh, that, that's another thing actually that does get flood coverage as well. The the, the news bulletins, and and then Matey comes out with his chart and his analysis, and and his they get someone with a pointy stick and say, and now we've we analysed this data, and this is a this is a, yes, and yeah. it's all just like um, statistics gone mad. Again, um, it's anyway, just, sorry. you can't please all of the people all of the time. There will be people who like and enjoy and want that information, and people who don't. So, what can you do? Ian's brought us another one. Health and safety gone mad, he says. Port of Dover anglers are left reeling after being told <laughs> that they have to pass health and safety exams to carry on fishing. Members of an angling club have been told they need to pass the exams as well as hire security guards in order to return <laughs> to a pier that they've been f able to fish on for the past 100 years. Yeah, I totally agree, Ian. I think health and safety has gone bonkers. It went bonkers years ago and it hasn't got any better. I mean, it started out with kids not being allowed to play conkers anymore because they might bonk themselves on the head with them. Oh, well, that's a shame, isn't it? It's part of growing up. Um, and then I remember working in the theatre. I remember when f friends who were technicians despaired because, you know, normally it would be, oh, that light's gone. Can you just shimmy up and change that bulb? And it takes half a minute. Now they have to put on a hard hat and get a ladder and have somebody hold the base of the ladder and wear a safety harness so that they can climb up four feet to change. The light. It's just mental. I totally agree with you, Ian. The world has gone to hell in a handbasket. Are you going to also claim, changing the subject slightly, <laughs> yes. that you can spell conkers with a Q in the middle? <laughs> no, not at all, Ted. Absolutely not. No, that's probably... Well, do you know, that's interesting. I wonder if that's my speech to text. As the listeners uh, may not know, I'm a huge Dragon fan, Dragon Naturally Speaking, and I, I, I don't write much by hand. I type very little. I tend to speak most of it. I wonder if that's what came out when I spoke the word. C-O-N-Q-U-E-R-S. It can't be, unless, it's, <laughs> unless it thought that somebody was going to conquer somebody else. Yeah, 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 exactly. Know. Right, now, my example of this is um, one that I've come up against recently trying to find work which is that even though i've done the payroll for my company for like the nearly the last 30 years um and i kept myself up to date i knew what i needed to know to do it because i haven't got a ticket or a hr ticket or yeah. an accounting ticket or a or some sort of course that i'm supposed to have done that no one can now employ me to do payroll even though i know sage payroll inside out and i know how to run a firm of 60 people and do all of their payroll stuff every month and deal with all their tax issues and blah 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 i know how to do all that and they won't let me because I need to go on a three-year training course before I'm allowed to. And at nearly 60 years old, I guess that's probably a bit of a waste of three years. I could be eating ice creams. Well, I can think of greater punishment in the world than eating ice cream. <laughs> Moving on. Andy, oh, it's a good, we're having a good rant today, aren't we, Ted? And Andy Sharp finishes today's rant with delivery people and postmen who insist on ringing the doorbell and knocking on the door like there's a wretched fire somewhere. The doorbell is behind the door so they can hear it as soon as they press the thing. Rant over, he says, until next delivery. Yeah, I guess... I think it's all personally, I think it's probably because these people have to justify that they definitely delivered said item. And so they absolutely want to make merry hell outside to make sure that the house owner knows that the item is there. But then they can't be bothered to wait and make sure the door gets open. So, yeah, I'm with you there, Andy. When you stand outside the um, the front door of my mum's house and ring the ring the doorbell, you can't hear it. 
you so so that's a fault of the the homeowner i guess um for not having a good enough system so they can hear it but um yeah th and that might be something to do with it they ring the bell they can't hear if it's worked or not and so they then knock the door and they do that every time at, at mum's house I think I'd like to set up a speaker outside the door so that when somebody rings the bell, it says, Right, stop, you, don't move. Someone's coming. Stay there. I, no, 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 I can see you move it. Don't move. Don't even think of it. Until the door gets opened. Problem is, if you're out, <laughs> the poor guy might stand there and expire from old age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, or alternatively, get yourself a tie tech solution, which we speak, speak about often, particularly on tech addicts, which is wherever you are in the world, you can just talk to them and see them, video link, doorbell thingy. Right, now while you've brought that up, Ted, I have a big problem with these things. If you come on the thing and say, I'm not there at the moment, could you just leave it under the whatever or do this or do that? Then the person thinks, aha, he's not here. Not I can there. break into the house now. <laughs> so I, I would never, ever come on a thing and say, sorry, I'm not there at the moment. Can you do this? No, but you could say, um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in, the, in the bath. Yes. Or I'm or having a party laboratory. with my six extremely large muscular brothers in, in the yeah, room yeah. just and beside the door. Yeah, my Rottweilers. <laughs> <laughs> OK, enough, enough. Let's have, let's have some nicer music and give somebody a gold star. Ed House. Hello, Ed. <laughs> Hello, Ed. <laughs> Thank you for um, chipping in, because it's the only gold star we had this time. And it's, um, I think, for a second time to Vodafone. Vodafone customer services in web chat, who beat the competing deal that he was looking at and knocked 50% off his and his wife's bills in 20 minutes of chat. New tariff was in place before he could even finish the feedback form. So, yeah, Vodafone, I, I found, I think I put them on before because I, I phoned them up to um, to talk about something about my, my contract. And they were really, really straight and, and forward and um, offered me a cheaper deal. I, I hadn't phoned up to do that, but they, in the process, they got me to sign up to a cheaper deal. I saved a load of money, worked really, really well. I think the customer service at Vodafone, and also it was someone in the UK um, who didn't have any sort of accent, which was difficult to understand and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And um, although having said that, um, I did notice that you tend to get that in office hours um, in the UK. So if you if you phone at, you know, Sunday night at 10 o'clock, you might well be routed abroad somewhere then, somewhere then. But yeah, in office hours in the UK, Vodafone customer service, you tend to get a... Um, a person in the UK without any um, uh, uh, language problems or accent problems. It's it's a lovely story, and I'm very pleased that that worked for Ed. You can see there's a but coming at the end of this. I'm always a little bit, what's the word, nerked when I think, well, poor Ed, if he was entitled to a 50% off, then he should have been given that anyway, and it shouldn't have to be that he has to phone up to make a complaint in order to get that 50% off. It always makes me wonder when people say, oh, I had a chat with them and they reduced my tariff. And I think, well, then why were you paying the higher tariff in the first place? If the lower tariff was available, they should have offered it to you. They should send an email saying, you may be on a too high tariff. We'd like to offer you a lower one without you having to complain first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just my tuppence worth, that's all. I, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that as well. But it's but I have noticed um, that dealing with Vodafone um, as a personal customer, mm -hmm. 
used to used to be a complete nightmare. Ten years ago, it was just a nightmare, and it was uh, you, you didn't want to phone them up because it was so painful and tedious yes. and dreadful to deal. But but I have noticed, as I say now, it's so much better, and they are um, clearly um, paying attention to the the things that we value. And they're a huge company, so even better kudos to them for managing to do that. Thank you, Ed. Blasted right. Okay, we're going to be back in... I was going to say we're going to be back in two weeks. No. We might be back in three weeks. Three weeks, mate. We'll, we'll see. Unless Aidan is banned from going abroad, <laughs> yes. then we might be back in COVID two weeks. willing three weeks, <laughs> otherwise two. Yeah. Whatever works, dot works is where you'll find all the links to the stuff we've been talking about. TedSalmon.com for me. AidanBell.com for Aidan. And if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do that. It is at paypal.me forward slash... Ted Salmon, thank you so much again. And don't forget to head across to the Miwi group if you're not there already, because that's where we do all our stuff. Final words from you, Squire. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Yes. No, okay, all, all one good, last thing good. to say. Right, your one last thing to say. One, two, three. What it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll run that one again, okay, shall we? Yeah. One, two, three. What Whatever works, works. works. Oh, we ran out of music. Oh, <laughs> what a cock-up. Oh, <laughs>